Like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and co-host Ida Serena Lee. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. All you need is love. Wap-a-da-ba-doo. All you need is love. Wap-a-da-ba-doo. <laughs> I think most people know this song. I am Karen Weary, and I am your, your host of Shift Happens. And I just felt like you needed to be serenaded today, right? <laughs> so most people know this song. It's from the Big Tolls, way back in the day. And let me just, rather than serenade you the rest of the song, because I don't really know how how the words fit in there, but that's okay. I just want to read you the rest of the lyrics. There's nothing you can do that can't be done. Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the game. It's easy. There's nothing you can make that can't be made. No one you can save that can't be saved. Nothing you can do, but you can learn how to be you in time. It's easy. All you need is love. There's nothing you can know that isn't known. Nothing you can see that isn't shown. There's nowhere you can be that isn't where you're meant to be. It's easy. Love is all you need. So what's today's topic? Well, you guessed it. It's love. (laughs) Why? Because love heals, love soothes. Love vibrates at a high frequency. Love is universal. And it truly is what every human being ultimately wants and needs in life. I was inspired by a Facebook post where little children, they were asked, what does love mean? And let me tell you what, we really need to listen more to our kids because they're many times so wise and they haven't been polluted by life yet like us adults have been. And so many times they have actually a clearer vision or perspective than us adults. So today on today's show, uh, which is I titled The Frequency of Love, we're going to be talking about love in three different areas. The first one is loving your children. Then the second one is love in intimate relationships. And then thirdly, love as a state of consciousness. So now now this group of professional people, they decided to go ahead and question children from age four to eight. uh, What does love mean? And the answers they got, they were way broader and deeper and more profound than they could ever have imagined. So throughout the today's show, I'm going to sprinkle them in so we can all enjoy them. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. 
that's love. That's from Rebecca, who's age eight. Now, Billy, age four, said, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. I just think that's fantastic that he was able to pinpoint that. Uh, Never thought about that. Carl, age five, said this. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. (laughs) Um, And then Chrissy, age six, she said, love is when you want to, when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. Now that is love for sure. (laughs) So, So when it comes to loving children, one of the things that I recommend is to really watch your children and see and learn who they are. I find that so many times as parents, parents want them to be who they envision that they want their children to be. And let me tell you, that goes south real quick because... uh, even though you birthed them and you brought them into the world, and they do carry your DNA. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're a carbon copy of you, nor are they going to be necessarily who you want them to be. And the more that you uh, insist and, and push and try to mold them into somebody that they aren't, the harder things are going to get you're going to get really frustrated. They're going to get really frustrated. And let me tell you, it causes a lot of emotional damage. It causes a lot of damage to your relationship as well. You may not actually have a relationship with them if you insist on going down that path. Um, And, you know, so... So I see this so often happen. I mean, throughout kids' lives, but it really comes out when it comes to time to go, you know, when they're in, kids are in high school, and then the rule is in, in a lot of families, you must go to college. And you know what? College just isn't for everybody. And there are a lot of people who do really well without going to college, and it's expensive, and so you, when you push someone to go to college and that's not what they want to do, guess what happens many times? They're out partying and having a good time and you are spending a lot of money, you know, putting them through college, which they didn't want in the first place and, and or rack up a lot of student loans. And here's the other part is that a lot of people end up not working in the area that they uh, went to college for or um, or if they do, well, whether they do or not, they don't always necessarily make more money. I know this is what we've been told. Oh, you go to college and then you get a good job and you'll get a good wage. But that's just not reality. So, um, yeah. And so the other thing that I uh, recommend is to really trust that your children can handle, a, you know, they can make age appropriate choices. So here's an example. So for example, you know, maybe you have a three-year-old 
you know, you can give them the choice between two different outfits. And the thing is, whenever you give your children, first of all, the whole idea of giving your children choices is that it empowers them. They learn how to make decisions and they don't feel as though they are being controlled 24-7. And, you know, when you're a little person in a big human being uh, world, you do need to have a little bit of sense of you have uh, an effect on what's going on in your own world. And you can also nip a lot of uh, tensions, a lot of a lot of a power struggle in the butt by doing that. Um, so, but the thing is that whatever choices that you give your child, you want to make sure that 100% you're going to follow through with it so that you have peace in your heart and your mind with the options that you give your child because that way, hey, it's up to you. You chose this. It's all good. Um, uh, so let's say, for example, at age 10, an, an appropriate decision there would be uh, with regards to, let's say, about chores. Do you want to do the dishes or do you want to vacuum? You know, you're still giving them an option and um, it, they might not want to do either. But out of the two, which one would you rather do? And, and that way, uh, chores can possibly be made a little bit easier. So then, you know, at age 15, it might be, uh, you know, a, a choice between, um, you know, going to uh, two different summer camps. You know, let's say your, your child is in athletics and uh, or maybe they they have two different um, kinds of uh, uh, talents, you know, maybe they're athletic and they're musical. Okay, which one? Which one do you want to do right now? If the time commitment or the money commitment is too much, again, always, whatever your choices are that you're giving them, your kids, you want to make sure that you can 100% stand by them and follow through with them because otherwise, otherwise, you're teaching your kids that they can't trust you, and uh, it's kind of like a uh, give and take kind of situation. Uh, and so it's really important. Also, you know, uh, another thing that it can be really helpful is to watch how they make decisions because when you are giving them choices and you, uh, this is what I did when, when my son was little, he's now 15, but uh, when he was like two, three years old, you know, I would step back and I would watch how does he make decisions because this way I could see what was going on in his head. And uh, this is how and why I feel so comfortable with how he makes choices because I saw how he made choices, even as a little teeny tiny little thing. And I liked the choices that he made. So an example was <laughs> he was maybe, maybe two and I was sitting on the couch and there was the other couch, you know, diagonal right there. And he told me, hey, mom, uh, he was going to crawl up onto the armrest of the one couch where I was sitting. And he told me he was going to jump over to the other armrest. And I thought, okay, that's not a good idea. But he's climbing up right where I'm sitting. So if he actually takes off, I can grab him. So let me just see how he thinks through this process here. So sure enough, he climbed up onto the armrest where I was sitting right there and he looked <laughs> he paused 
He climbed back down, went over to, walked over on the floor to the other couch, climbed up on the couch over there and said, look. And I was like, yes, that was wonderful because I loved how he, he, he didn't just go for it. I know a lot of kids would just go for it and because they don't think and they just think they're invincible. But apparently my kid was not that way. And so this is how I get to know my kid. All other kids might make decisions differently, but I am watching how my kid does makes decisions. Um, so another another thing that I would also do was, you know, when he was, you know, well, all throughout when he was little, you, maybe on the great playground, whenever he wanted to do things like climb certain ways or whatever, you know, I, I see a lot of parents who is like, don't do that, climb down off of there. But I wanted my son to... Um, to be able to problem solve and how to figure things out. So if he got himself in a sticky situation, what was he going to do? But I was going to be right there that I was able to grab him or help him if he needed me. And again, this was part of my thinking was, let me see how he handles these situations. And also in my mind, it was uh, allowing him to gain confidence in himself, in his own physical abilities, and in his own ability to think through things, and in his ability to trust me as his parent, that I would be there and I would also trust him in making these decisions. And the last example I'm going to use uh, for right now is when he was about three, I think. Um, he wanted me to uh, grill some hot dogs on the barbecue. And I grew up on the fourth floor with no, you know, with a balcony. We didn't have a barbecue. We didn't have a grill. I didn't really know how to how to do the, the whole grill thing. I would leave that up to his dad. And of course, his dad wasn't home when he wanted this. And so he told me that he knew how to work the grill. And at first I thought, no, he does not. He's three years old. How could he possibly know? I don't know how to work the grill. So how could he? And then, but he insisted. And finally, I was like, well, who knows? So I, I, once again, I was like, okay, well, let's see where this goes. I did. I told him, you do not touch the grill. You stand over there and you can tell me what to do. And so from there, uh, we went. So he just said, push that button, turn that thing. And sure enough, voila, there it was. So <laughs> So it goes, just goes again to see, to show how kids observe and they observe and notice a lot more than what you think. And so just explore, I, I encourage you to explore with your kids, what are they thinking? How are they putting their thoughts together? And, you know, have conversations with them, see how they do things and and go from there, because then you can more guide them and help them. And and it's more of a teamwork, because let me tell you, as parents, we can learn so much from our kids as well. Yes, they learn a lot from us. And we do have to maintain the adult role as I am the person who makes the final decisions. However, that doesn't mean that we can't also work together as a team. And also this way, you gain a lot more buy-in. And when you have buy-in from the other person, whether it's your child, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your coworker or whoever, things go a lot, 
a lot, a lot smoother. So before this next set of, of um, or the first set of, of ads, let me just share with you. Oh, because here's the thing is that when you don't also uh, allow them to take responsibility for their behavior, guess what happens? And you do everything for them and they act helpless and uh, you have to do everything for them, guess what? That's when you end up and your kids are 40 years old and you are paying their rent and they act completely helpless and, and hopeless. You have created that monster. So I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> so here is Cindy, age eight. During my piano recital, I was on stage and I was scared. I looked at all the people watching me and saw my daddy waving and smiling. He was the only one doing that. I wasn't scared anymore. So that's how much you can, how much of an effect that you have. Just having one person out there cheering for you and loving on you. And Claire, age six. My mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anyone else kissing me to sleep at night. (laughs) So... With that, we're going to roll over into a few messages and then we'll come back and talk more about love in intimate relationships. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. Visit her website at insightscounselingcenter.com or reach out to her at karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Shift Happens. Yeah, so I hope that you're ready to make some shift happen in the love department. <laughs> so we spent the first segment talking about loving loving your children and, you know, ways to uh, both make them feel loved and respected and vice versa. And let me tell you, I believe strongly 100% that it was the way that I was with my son that has led to us having, now that he's 15, this incredibly wonderful, beautiful relationship uh, that's so based on respect, mutual respect. And, um, you know, and so, so that's not, not something you always see with teenage kids. So I'm very, very happy with that. And it's really cool because I didn't really have that with my, with my mother. And so uh, it's beautiful to be able to create. Now, Let's go back to some more quotes from these wise little children um, that first inspired me to talk about love as a frequency. This is Nika, age six. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Oh my goodness. Six years old was this little girl. We need a few more million like her on this planet, right? No kidding. So here is Noel, age seven. Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he wears it every day. <laughs> and Tommy, age six, said, Love is like a little woman and a little man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. And wow, wow, wow. This is how we're rolling into uh, love and intimate relationships. So how did this little man and this little woman get to still be friends even after they've known each other so well? Well, uh, one of the basic tenets is, not just in intimate relationships, but really in all relationships, respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. You know that song? That didn't come out at all the way I meant it to. This is why I'm not a singer. But uh, but respect, um, because here's the thing is that you don't have to like me, you don't have to believe or you don't have to, um, you know, agree with me on anything, but you do have to respect me. And there's a very 
big piece that's missing in how a lot of people are interacting with each other, uh, possibly always, but certainly right now. So, and in when it comes to old relationships, guess what? When, by the time we're 20, I would say, everybody has had at least one relationship. And so, we have to practice relationships and we don't always match up with somebody that is right for us from, you know, with the, the first time around, right? So that means that we have and, and gather up and, and collect garbage, so to speak, garbage from relationships that didn't go well. Even if they weren't horrible, it's still baggage that we have. And so, it's really important to go ahead and and remember that whenever uh, you are with somebody new that and you start to get that little that little tug at you when they say or do something and you know to remind yourself to be in the present moment with this person that's right here in front of you um, now the reason why if we are set up that way is because our brain is really uh, trying to protect us. And this is why we can get caught up in old baggage, whether it's in an intimate relationship or anything else. So the very least that we need to do in order to build healthy relationships is to remain cognizant of our own behavior. And really that we do that by zooming out and becoming the observer of, of ourselves uh, because I also I think many times people get caught up in reacting being reactionary and like they can't you know they yeah I can't help you know the way I am this is just how I am and just deal with it when in reality we are responsible for how we behave. And if we don't like the way somebody else is behaving, we have two choices. We can either learn how to live with it, or or we can choose not to be with this person that continues to irk our nerves. So, um, so really, and let me tell you, when, when I work with couples, Many times, not always, but many times, if it becomes apparent, and I and it becomes apparent quit, pretty quickly, that there each one has their own individual baggage. I will uh, work with the individuals, or sometimes I might send somebody out or both out or whatever, to do their own individual work, so that we can, you know, get rid of those hot buttons that really don't have anything to do with the the current relationship. And sometimes those hot buttons do have to do with the current relationship. And we still need to, you know, process those so that those red hot buttons, they, they're not there anymore. We can disintegrate them. And then it makes the couple work so much easier because we're not constantly getting flared up over every little thing. So super important to do that. Uh, it's also something to stay in gratitude and appreciation. Now, this is something that, it, you know, it doesn't take long before people tend to get comfortable in a relationship, right? And when we get comfortable, we tend to slack off, take for granted, 
Um, this is just how it should be. And when we do that, then we are already losing the game. We are already slipping into, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, I can't think of the word right now, but laziness is the is another word. It's not the right word that I was looking for. But anyway, we can get lazy in relationships for sure. And, and that's just not good, um, obviously, because the other thing that happens when we stay in gratitude and appreciation is it nurtures this relationship. Because who doesn't want to be with somebody that expresses gratitude for for your being, for the little things that you do. Oh, thank you for making that mean that cup of tea or wow, thank you for taking the garbage out or you know, all of those kinds of things. Oh, you got the shower ready for me, you got the bathtub ready for me. Wow, that was just that really made my day. And and it's those little things, literally little tweaks. I was talking earlier today about uh, somebody that I'm seeing, a man, he's gets very busy. It's a very stressful job that he has. And, um, and I could tell he's one of those people who just, you know, he gets into work mode and, you know, that's what that says just, you know, it's a very male dominated job that he's in. And so he works with guys and it's, you know, grunt, grunting, <laughs> grunt kind of work. And, um, and so he gets, very stuck in that and so much that I was starting to get the sense that he probably stayed that way also when he when he went home and there was some you know some issues at home and so finally I asked him you know so when you come home from work um, how do you greet your wife and um, oh you know there was nothing special he might just say hello or whatever so I encouraged him to you know, on the way home from work, you know, leave work, you know, there, work on, on the further away you drive from work, the the more that the further away you mentally also get away from work. And when you come home, make a concerted effort to seek out your wife, wherever she is, give her a hug and a kiss, tell her you love her, hug her and kiss her like you do love her because you do still love her, right? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just really encourage that show that you love her when you're home and leave work at work. And three weeks when he came back, that he was all smiles and he was saying, oh, since, since uh, last time he was, you saw me, you know, things were really great at home. And that was literally one little tweak. And so one little tweak can make, make a whole huge, giant difference. It's not like relationships really don't have to be a, a lot of hard work. Uh, we just have to be in a loving state and remember that this person is somebody that we actually love and act that way. And um, it, it can be very simple when we let it be simple. Because the other thing that I find we as human beings, we tend to complicate things. And I just like to keep things simple, right? I mean, why should we stress ourselves out more than we need to? 
We need less stress, not more. That's that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> and so another thing is to um, turn towards your partner rather than away. And there are a couple of things that go into that. So what does that mean? That means that when there's something going on, uh, you have a concern, you're worried, or you have something good to say, uh, turn towards your partner and talk to your partner because that's that's what partners do. You know, you, we lean on each other, we support each other in a healthy relationship. And, and that means that when we start talking to other people, whether they're male or female, and we do most of our uh, talking, especially about the relationship and with somebody else, then uh, that is, you know, uh, a sure sign that we are moving in, in a direction that's not good. Because if you can't resolve the issues that are going on in your relationship with your partner, then uh, we are walking towards thin ice. And how do you make that means also that we have to create safe space to to have conversations and and um so that means how do you create safe space in a, in an intimate relationship well think about what makes you feel safe do you feel safe when you say something to somebody and immediately the other person, you know, they're just, you know, they got their claws out. They're, they're yelling at you. They're snippy. They're rude. They're calling names, any of that. They get offended. They're, they get huffy or the silent treatment. You know, all of those are, are behaviors that make you feel unsafe. And Therefore, if you're going to make somebody feel safe, you want to, even if what you're hearing is, is difficult to hear, to do yourself soothing. So you have to learn how to self-soothe. So that means, you know, stop. Don't immediately burst out with the first thing that comes to mind because it's probably not something, it's probably something you'd regret. It's probably not something that's going to help the relationship. Take some long, slow, deep breaths because when we do that, we slow things down. We slow down the fight, flight, or freeze response that's going on in our brain. <laughs> and and so these are the kinds of things. And Hear the other person out rather than interrupting the other person because we tend to, uh, you know, many times want to say what it is that we want to say, we want to say it before we forget. And if that's what's going on, then we're really not listening to what the other person has to say. You might totally miss the point and, and cause a whole big argument from something that you're imagining in your head that the other person isn't even saying and it's not even their intention. So, so uh, those are some things that I highly recommend that you, you uh, work into your relationship. And again, these are skills that can be used in any relationship, whether it's your intimate or with your kids or at work or with friends, um, because uh, it's about listening more than talking. Okay, using our listening ears rather than talking a lot uh, because we miss so much. And this is why so many times 
we're, we're not taught how to listen. We're not taught to be good listeners. And, and that is a huge problem in relationships. Um, and because many times in couples totally miss what it is the other person is saying. And so that's where also it comes to uh, telling the other person, once you've heard what they said and you've allowed them to finish their sentences, all of their sentences, and then maybe state back what you heard them say. Because right there, you can avoid a lot of um, misinterpretations and, and miscommunication right there. They have the opportunity to say, okay, well, you got that right, but uh, I meant this. And now you can really zero in on what it is that the conversation is. And so allowing Uh, creating a safe space to have these kinds of conversations, not just hard conversations, but all conversations, you are deepening the intimacy of your relationship. You're deepening the love of your relationships and just creating a beautiful space to be in. And then if you have children, guess what? You are also modeling really healthy, strong communication and relationship skills. Uh, Remember, like I was saying in the previous segment, how kids see and hear and soak up everything. They pick up on so much more than you would like to even think. So just when when my son was younger, I would always just imagine that he's just there, even if he's on the other side of the, the house or wherever he is, he's always there. He's, he can hear and see everything. And that way, you're just safe. <laughs> and so, um, now, uh, if you want to learn more about uh, frequency healing, because one of the things that I do in my work with people, in addition to using some really powerful tools that help break up and release all things that happen that continue to cause problems in your everyday life, I also use something called frequency therapy. And it is so powerful, so gentle, and so non-invasive. So reach out to me on, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Karen Weary, or on insightscounselingcenter.com. That is my uh, website. I love to hear from you because we can learn, go from there and do a, um, a, um, complimentary uh, frequency reading report. All right. So we will be right back after these few messages where I will be talking about love as a state of consciousness. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Insights Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Healy is a holistic wellness device used to balance and support the body's bioenergetic field. It can analyze imbalances on our physical, mental, emotions, and energetic fields and recommends programs and frequencies to bring them back into balance. For your complimentary analysis, contact Karin Weary at 386-848-5170. 
Visit her website at InsightsCounselingCenter.com or reach out to her at KarenW at InsightsCounselingCenter.com. your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary and Ida Serena Lee. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. If you're returning, thank you for returning. And if you missed the first two segments, you want to go back and listen to the replay. Because today we are talking about love, making shift happen in the love department. I am Karen Weary. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, trauma specialist, frequency healer. I do a lot of cool stuff. And I love what I do. So, and guess what? Today I was inspired by these, uh, this interview or whatever you want to call it. I guess kind of an interview where a group of professionals, they went and they reached out to little four to eight year old kids and asked them, what does love mean? And it's incredible what happens when you ask little kids deep questions. You actually many times get some really deep and wise answers. And this is why in the first segment, I, if you're just tuning in, I was talking about loving your kids. And in the previous segment, I was talking about love and intimate relationships. So in this segment, I'm going to talk about love as a state of consciousness. So this is one of my favorite quotes uh, by Bobby, age seven. Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and just listen. Wow. Wow, wow. That (laughs) is truly a perfect definition of choosing to be in a loving state. Love as a consciousness, it's choosing to be in a loving state no matter what is going on. That's shifting from other emotions back into the state of love. And many times people think that they don't have any control over their emotions. And 
emotions can definitely uh, have a tendency to take over, but we can choose with practice how to slip out of that and, and to shift gears. So many times it's, you know, you have to shift gears over and over and over and over again because it's like you're creating new grooves in your brain that uh, you before you created this highway uh, that went right into a place that you don't want to go, well, we can build a new highway, so to speak, in our brain that, that gets, puts us in, in the direction that we want to go. So let me read a couple more uh, quotes from these adorable little kids here. Here's Terry, age four. Love is what makes you smile when you're tired. And Mary Ann, age four, said, love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. (laughs) Talk about love is a state of consciousness. That puppy is in the state of love consciousness all the time, right? And... Here's here's a good one. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> this is Lauren, age four. In a couple of years, she might not be in that state of love consciousness. <laughs> um, so here's the fact. The fact is that everything in this universe, including you, is vibrating at a frequency. We are all energy. This, yeah, because we are all energy. And that includes the earth. The earth vibrates at 528 hertz frequency, which is the same frequency as love, the universal healer. Remember how I talked about how love heals, love soothes, and love is something we all want and need. At, at It's just a basic human need. The frequency of 528 hertz is believed to be so powerful that it can help repair and restore DNA damage, and it brings peace and harmony and restores equilibrium to everything around it. And this is not just something that somebody made up. There are studies that have been uh, done, and this is why I've incorporated uh, frequency healing in the work that I do, because it works on a physical level as well as a mental uh, level. So it helps also with regards to helping people get out of states of anxiety and depression and, and those kinds of things. So there are many factors that can lower your frequency, your vibration, and those include negative thoughts or being around people who are negative. You know how you, when you're with somebody, they're just a real grump and everything's wrong in their life. They complain about everything. Oh my God. By the time you leave, if you came and you saw this person and you were in a good mood, by the time you leave, it's like uh, you're dragging to get out of there, right? It's like they suck the life out of you. Well, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> watching violent and horror movies and watching TV in general, let me tell you, that's why I tell people, stop and turn that off. <laughs> Unless you're watching a movie or whatever. I mean, it's it's up to you, but I recommend taking a break. Um, electromagnetic frequencies from cell phones, computers, etc. all of our technology here. So also a good idea to uh, take a break from that sometimes. 
another thing that lowers our vibration is radiation from microwaves, Wi-Fi connections, etc. And are we not just totally surrounded by that all the time? Um, stress, anger, and anxiety, all low vibrating um, emotions, poor diet, GMO foods, and processed foods, all of that has, you know, little to no frequency in there because it's been processed literally to death. Um, exposure to household cleaning uh, chemicals and best pesticides and smoking, alcohol, and drugs, all things that lower our frequency. And all of those we're pretty much inundated with all the time, right? So, so we really have to do something, uh, make a concerted effort to bring our vibration back up. Um, Nikola Tesla, some of you may have heard of him before. He's kind of sort of famous. Uh, <laughs> he was a genius and he researched uh, energetic frequencies and claimed that we would be able to eliminate certain frequencies that, that if we could eliminate certain frequencies that interfere with our bodies, then we could also lower the chances of disease. Um, E-sulfagiotone is designed to balance the energy of your body in order to keep it in perfect harmony. There are six main tones. One is at 396 uh, hertz that liberates guilt, fear, and fear in order to help you achieve your goals. Uh, 417 hertz helps to deal with change and removes old patterns and habits. 528 hertz is love and it helps repair DNA and, and believe to bring out miracles. So uh, who doesn't need some of that? <laughs> Can use some of that right now. Um, 741 hertz, it helps to solve problems and express yourself. It's also a powerful cleanser. Uh, 852 hertz awakens and allows you to see the truth and develops intuition. 936 hertz reconnects you to oneness and light. So this is on the spiritual level. So you can kind of open up on that level. And and um, Dr. Carol Carolyn McMakin, she um, has done a lot of studies on frequencies since the mid nineties, and she actually uh, started that when she uh, it was. Uh, sequence of events where there was an old frequency machine that was um, uh, in, in a doctor's uh, office that she had bought. And there was a list of frequencies um, that uh, shared that said, you know, this frequency does that, this frequency does that. And so she started studying them and found out that sure enough, when we do these different frequencies, then, uh, you know, it, it stimulates our cells to get back into homeostasis. And each part of our body has a different frequency. And, and each uh, part of a body has its frequency at a healthy, in a healthy place versus when it's not well. And this is where and why frequency is so powerful. So let me go ahead and read these last few um, quotes from these delightful, wise little children. It, Jessica, age eight, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. Remember that man I was telling you about in the last segment? Yeah, he's, he's remembering it now. And he's getting a lot of benefits from it. <laughs> and the final one. This one is 
so incredible. Yeah, this is the winner. It was a four-year-old child, <clears throat> pardon me, um, whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the little into the old gentleman's yard, climbed onto his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked what he'd said to the neighbor, the little boy said, "Nothing. I just helped him cry." Wow, that is just so beautiful. And here's the thing. Sometimes we don't need to say anything. It's just being there and being there and, and letting the tears go. One of, my, one of the things that I really, um, really emphasize a lot with people is that tears are not a sign of weakness. It's simply a release. And it's important to do that. So because when we don't, release these emotions that bubble up they get stuck and we do not want that kind of stuff stuck in us it becomes toxic and it comes out in a lot of different ways in physical health and mental health etc so if you feel the tears coming on just let them go <laughs> and you will be much better off so uh, implement some of these things try it out see what you think about it and if you want to uh, reach out and uh, talk more about frequency therapy and healing, reach out to me. And you know what I always say, we need your special talent. So go out there and shine your beautiful inner light. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karen Weary and Ida Serena Lee for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.